As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. New for 2018, the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular will be contested at IHRA tracks around the country with a $10,000 to win on Saturday and $5,000 to win on Sunday format. By pre-entering the Saturday race for only $150, you will receive entry to Sunday's race for free. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. And it's all that we know, it's the way you lie. Give all that we got, right at a time. Do whatever we got to do, we never know if it's our one last ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Jed, we have a big show on tap today. We do. We do. I'm very excited. We're going to kick things off with our best feature, our lead correspondent. We're moving him to the front of the show. we got JJ's <laughs> top 10. From there, we're going to do our best to recap the week that was. Quite a bit of racing going on last weekend. We had 25K showdowns at Muncie, big race in your neck of the woods at Huntsville, 10 Grand Slam at Richmond, and of course, the NHRA Four Wide Nationals in Charlotte. From there, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We've teased this for over a month now, but we're going to get into our retro racing phrases. So uh, we'll have a good time with that to kind of close the show. But without further ado, Jed, let's give the people what they came for. It's JJ's Top 10. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! 
All right. So it is, uh, as you just mentioned, Luke, it is time for what is quickly becoming my favorite segment of the show. My main man bringing his top 10 list to the show, top five top bulbers and top five bottom bulbers. And uh, we're even looking to expand that in the, in the coming months or coming segments or weeks or whatever I'm trying to say. But without further ado, as you said, how about we're bringing in J.J. Pennington. Bud, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Well, good to have good. you on, J.J., the uh, the lead correspondent for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. you got a big segment on tap this week, so uh, what you got for us? Where you want to start out? I think I'll start out with foot break for this week. Or bottom bulb. Bottom bulb, yeah. Yeah. Number five in foot break, well-deserving guy, Brian Cerruti. Run it up on the last day at the Spring Fling Million, foot breaking against a bunch of other top bulbers on the last day and made it all the way down to the final. Yeah, so that the was the second a, year in a row. Yeah, that was a story of redemption, bud. Uh, he, he had some misfortune out there last year and uh, went back to the scene of the crime, no pun intended, and, and got another runner up on the final day, just like he did last year. But this time he got to bring his car back all the way home with him, which was a great thing. Yes, sir. Always a great thing. So who you got next? Who's in the number four position? By the way, this was a huge month for bracket racing. Huge. Whether you hit the bottom bulb or the top bulb, this was, wow, huge. This is going to be a reflection of a huge month of bracket racing, but who fit in your number four position? Number four, it's going to be Justin Lamb. He won stock and super stock at the Vegas National Event earlier this season. That's a pretty good showing right there. Yeah, and it fits in the number four position for you, which tells you a lot about what the month uh, had for the bottom bulbers. But Justin Lamb, you know, winning both championships last year in stock and super stock, then coming back to his home track and getting the, the double win there in stock and super stock at the national, that was a heck of a performance for Jay Lamb. So who's next? Who rolled in a number three spot? Number three. Gets it done on the last day at the Bigfoot 40s in Darlington, South Carolina. Goes to Randy Weller. Won the last 40K race on Sunday at the Bigfoot 40s. And that was a big weekend for a lot of foot brake racers at that race. Paid big money every day. A lot of well-deserving guys in the finals of each run. A lot of well-deserving guys, or each day, a lot of well-deserving guys that got down to the nitty-gritty of it. I mean, it was a huge race, and Randy come out on top on Sunday with that big 40K win. My yeah. man, Randy Weller. Illinois in the house. Cracking yeah, the Randy top. lives JJ up by Luke. Um, and, Bub, we talked about it on the show after the race, but I think that was Randy's second time out with the car, which made that even more impressive accomplishment. But he's from up in Luke's neck of the woods, so um, that was good to see a guy make a long trip like that pay off. Great job by Randy Weller. So I'm kind of getting a feel for where you're headed here, but who fit into your number two position? Number two goes to Toby Barnes. Foot breaking still at, in his 50s. Still foot breaking. Goes out here deep stage. Dialed 7-12 in the final. Gets Adam Davis in the final. A tough opponent when you're hitting the bottom. Adam comes out there. Had a great performance. Toby had a great performance. He wins the 40K on Friday. And that was that was just awesome for him for the older timers back then. No, no, <laughs> J- no J- 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 to, J- uh, Tell our <laughs> tell our listeners that may not be familiar your current age. How old are you, JJ? Uh, twelve. 
Okay, so to JJ, Toby in his 50s is like a relic. <laughs> okay. yeah. You still, I mean, I said no offense. Uh, no, uh, none taken. I mean, uh, you, you, <laughs> Jed's a little bit closer to that age than I am, but that don't yeah. feel that far off. I, I like to think we could still do it in our 50s that don't seem that crazy <laughs> y'all can y'all can i said no offense i mean it's just yeah but um, in a in a time where we're seeing the better foot breakers or bottom bulbers in the country that are averaging age 25 27 28 and then a guy double that age basically comes out and cracks them that gives us old timers, as JJ says, a lot of hope. So that was a heck of a performance by Toby. Only, JJ, to be outdone by your number one position in this month's top five bottom bulbers, and that is whom? This goes out to my man, Nasty Nick Hastings. Comes out here on Saturday, wins the 40K without low gear, ran high gear, deep staged halfway through the race loses low gear halfway through the race and comes out here has to run at high gear and has to deep stage the car and you got to know what it's going to run high gear and deep staged on <laughs> yeah, top of each helps. other <laughs> yeah, and he I, comes out here and wins the 40k i had a feeling as you were counting down that we were about to get nasty yeah no i <laughs> no complaints on this end and jj i just i like the diversity in general of your list like we went from saruti who's a, a no box guy to lamb nhra racing to some foot breakers from all over the country like i feel like you've hit every, every angle of this this is good stuff well thank you luke yeah, we're trying to make sure JJ looks at all results and kind of takes everything into consideration. And obviously, Nasty Nick making the number one spot, not a huge surprise. Nasty Nick winning any foot break race, not a huge surprise. But the way he did that, in JJ's mind, helped propel him to the number one position because of the, um, you know, the adversity that he faced. So that was a big win for Nasty, and it moved him right at the top of JJ's top five bottom bulbers. So now, bud, there was some big racing on the top bulb side. I mean, huge racing. So let's talk a little bit about who you got over there on the top bulb side. All right, number five. Wins on the last day over Brian Cerruti, the number five foot breaker. The number five top bulb guy wins on the last day at the Spring Fling Million. It goes to Big Ben, Vinny Domino, in his dragster and gets it done on the last day for a 30K victory over Brian Cerruti, the number five foot breaker. Yeah, and uh, as you talked about with me, there was uh, a lot of big winners throughout the month. But when you think about a guy driving from New York to Las Vegas to do some racing. There's a, there's a lot on the line there. So it's a big investment. It's a lot of time, a lot of effort. And then to come out on the last day and get the win for Big Vin, that put him in your number five position. He, uh, he earned it every bit of it. So what about number four, big guy? Number four, Troy Williams Jr. He is always on his game. He's always cracking just about everybody he races. <laughs> Sometimes he gets beat, but it's very rare. He crushes it all the time, and he get he comes out with a fifty grand paycheck at the end of his weekend, and that had to feel good for him. Yeah, I would say it did. To your point, like 
it seems like when T-Dub gets beat, like it's in style. It's double O take, double O loss, double breakout or something crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just, does he ever make bad runs? I don't see him if he does. <laughs> got by the uh, always, yeah, got by the always tough Richard Alford in that final. But, but I mean, I just heard you say the number four guy on the list won a 50 grand race <laughs> and he fit into number four. So that's telling me there was huge opportunities for bracket racers on the top bulb this month. Yeah. Welcome us, to 2018, right? Yeah. No kidding. Tell us about number three. Number three, he was last month's number one. He stays on the list, squeaking through with a 50K win, goes to Scotty Richardson. Like I said, last month, number one, he killed it last month. I'm not saying he did bad this month. 50K win, just <laughs> no. couldn't quite hold on to that number one spot. <laughs> yeah, if that's, a, if that's a down month, my goodness. Yeah, okay, new question. With last month, it was all, Scotty's back. Now, can Scotty stay on the list all season? <laughs> is there is there anybody else that's been that's, on the list both months, JJ? Is he the only one? No, sir. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to ruin the surprise. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so big performance by Scotty, as you said, a 50 grand win and just doing his thing. But we'll see if he maintains a spot on the list. This is not Street Outlaws list important, but it's still important to us. So we'll see how Scotty holds up. But how about the next position on the list? Number two. BT, Brandon Taylor, gets it done, 175K in South Carolina, pulls it out on the Saturday and Sunday combined purse on Saturday night, pulls it out here. His opponent had a little issues, and BT slides by and gets the W for 175K. Shout out to both of those guys. But BT coming out with the 175K, that's big. That is huge, and that was Brandon Taylor getting the 175 win at the SFG event at Jackson, South Carolina. Now, uh, he also switched to high gear only at some point during that race, not out of necessity, just out of uh, desire to do it, uh, just to show a different look, as he said. So maybe there's something to go into high gear only. Maybe I'm just going to pick third round or something here at my next race and switch to high gear only, see how that works out. How do you think that would go for me, bud? Well, if high gear is the new... Style everybody's running and everybody's winning on high gear. I mean, if you can run it, I really don't care. Yeah. Might advocate making a test lap or two like that before you just ease it in for fourth round, big dead. But hey, if yeah, you want to, you want to follow the crowd, follow the crowd. Yeah, and I got to make it to fourth round too. So there's a couple of challenges <laughs> there that I'm gonna have to overcome. <laughs> so, bud, uh, let me understand this. So you got 50 grand winners in spots four and three. And the guy that finished second won 175 grand. What in the world could possibly top that and go to your number one position? All right. The underdog gets it done in Las Vegas in the spring fling million, million dollar race on Friday. Randall Reed, the underdog, comes in, swoops through, crushes the competition, and gets it done in the spring fling million on Friday. The million-dollar race just absolutely killed it throughout the day. We saw most of his runs on the live feed, and he just round after round, just crush after crush after crush <laughs> on the tree, just nailed it all day and got it done in the spring fling million, got it done when it counted. He was smashing it for sure. It was a great run to the final round for Randall Reed 
to get the spring fling million win. JJ and I were watching it. Uh, it was very impressive. Uh, as you say, he's the underdog, kind of a guy that, you know, doesn't get out much to the bracket races, doesn't give himself a lot of opportunities, but when he does, he makes it pay off and comes out with a spring fling million win. And even more important than that is JJ's number one racer of the month. That's even better than winning the spring fling million. JJ has him in the top position and uh, just a, a great day for him. JJ, that was a heck of a list you put together. That was some huge winners during the month. I think we're going to tail off just a little bit for your next uh, next month's segment for uh, the amount of money these guys are winning, but uh, I'm sure that you're going to pick a very impressive group on the top and the bottom. And again, we'll tease it just a little bit. We're, we're thinking about expanding this thing uh, next month, maybe getting into another category. So that's going to be pretty exciting for us. How you feel about this month's top 10? It was a great list. Everybody is, uh, that probably could have made it last month on the list, might not have been out racing that much, might not have had many races around their hometown and just didn't have a race until somewhere around this month and got on there. But some tells me that most of these guys that are on there right now will be on there next month especially Scotty Richardson or Nick Hastings. Something tells me one of them two is going to be on the list next month and maybe both of them. So uh, both of those guys, they always crush it out there. And Oh, yeah. So if, JJ, even I, if they're not number one, they're going to be on the list next month, I have a feeling. To your point on Nasty Nick, and I know we've discussed this a couple of times now, but that's one of those races that I just feel like, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years from now, that's going to become such a fable and a wives' tale. Well, like, Nick Hastings won a 40 grand at one time, broke his transmission, left in high gear the last five rounds, and nobody's going to believe it. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that actually happened. We are here to bear witness to the fact that Nick Hastings, I'll just shove it in high, deep stage. Like you alluded to, JJ, the presence of mind to A, even attempt that. And B, have an idea what your car would run, where you need to stage, how you need to hit the tree, and then to pull it off against the best competition in the world and win one of the biggest purses in footbrake competition of 2018. Uh, again, if there's anybody that would do that and it wouldn't shock us, it's Nick Hastings, but it's super impressive. <laughs> yes, it is. And he continues to impress, and it's hard for him to impress anybody the way he wins consistently, but he did it once again. So, but great job. Uh, we did have our share of drama here at the Pennington Household this evening as uh, your list got accidentally deleted from your phone notes on a couple of occasions, but you recovered extremely well. Very proud of you. Heck of a job bringing us the news and your top ten, and I can't wait for the next time we get together and uh, and hear your list. I can't wait either. This I'm Next month, it might not be as good as this month, but it's going to be a good one for next month. Yeah, we've got, let's see, coming up in May, we've got a lot of NHRA racing. We've got the Dream Team Challenge at Memphis. We've got the Spring Fling at Galat. So you'll have you'll have plenty of, of opportunities to, uh, plenty of big winners to choose from next month, I think. What about on the footbrake side, Big J? We got anything huge coming up this month? Uh, that is a really good question, Luke. I don't know of anything huge coming up in the month of may well yeah actually we've got 
Kevin Pollard's triple twenties. Oh, yes, right. That uh, that'll definitely have some big foot brake winners. So the um, the triple twenties are at Elk Creek for Kevin Pollard will produce some list nominees. I'm sure. So looking forward to that. But uh, JJ's going to get to see a lot of good racing in person. Uh, we're going to be uh, headed out to uh, the big event that we'll talk about here this weekend coming up and. We'll also be at the Dream Team race in uh, the end of May. So, J.J.'s going to get to see a lot of it firsthand. We'll see how that impacts his list nominees. But all in all, it's going to be a great time. J.J., heck of a job tonight, bud. You, uh, you're just getting a little bit better every time. I can't wait for the next one. Thank you all for having me, uh, For especially for uh, being on here monthly now. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, can't wait to see next month's list. All right, thank, thank you, JJ. You are the star of the show, so we appreciate you coming on. <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks a bunch. See you next time. All right. All right, Luke, our weekend recap uh, has some uh, pretty big winners in it itself. Um, You know, we obviously heard about some big winners there for the month on JJ's top 10, but we had some good races uh, around the country that we're going to get to talk about. We'll start out with the 25K showdowns that Cole Cummings and the uh, folks put on at Muncie Dragway. First time that they took this event to Muncie, and it looks like they had some big winners up there. Yeah, 25K showdowns. Stood out to you from there, Big Jed, for me. Brandon Fannensteel, this is Bracket Racing Elite member. He actually mm-hmm. told me, I asked him how he was going to get two cars to Memphis for the Dream Team because he's our This is Bracket Racing Elite representative in box and no box. And uh, I said, what's your plan? Because he had talked about borrowing a car, borrowing a trailer, what have you. And he says, "As of, this was before the weekend. As of right now, my plan is to win Saturday so I can buy a bigger trailer. <laughs> didn't quite win saturday but he did win friday so way to come through brandon p got the win over the always tough west may there on friday night saturday's race was the big one that was the 25k hence the name 25k showdowns the win stayed local one of the local hitters up there at muncie jack liggett they call him jack lucky liggett <laughs> got the winner of the 25 grander in his station wagon and then sunday's five grand winner todd clark Another local hitter knocked off the always tough Kenny Underwood in the final. Yeah, Malibu Todd getting it done there in uh, the last race there, Sunday 5K. Great event there and uh, some familiar winners. And Brandon, man, he th- that guy's just stayed on fire from last year into this year. So job well done by him. Luke, JJ, and I attended the drive for 75 at Huntsville Dragway. And yeah, so did everyone else in the southern half of the United States. Like. <laughs> so real quickly, I'll just let everybody know, this is a deal where you come in, you pay 100 bucks. It's a Saturday-Sunday race. You pay $100, you race for 7500 Saturday and 7500 Sunday. It's 100 total. Doesn't matter when you get there. If you get there Sunday, it's still 100 So you can pay 100 and race for two of them, and this combination of it probably being uh, obviously a great race, uh, low cost at a great racetrack. Um, well promoted the whole deal and it led to 448 saturday entries 448 (laughs) that place was wrapped up for 7500 the guys they have a first 
or second round buyback. Bones and Andy cut it to first round only and try to help the, the cause a little bit. And they raised the purse to 10000 to win. So uh, they kicked back in and showed the racers some appreciation. Kyle Green got the win on Saturday. Kyle uh, won uh, the 50 grander there. Yeah, that's a name uh, we talked about a bunch toward the end of last yeah, season, correct? Won the, won, yeah, won the 50 grander to wrap up the season last year. Kyle back to his winning ways. And Travis Nelson got the win on uh, Sunday, got his big check there. So Yeah, Travis of, Nelson is the guy that we slided last year on the podcast because I, I remember correctly, he was down to like six in the million and we couldn't remember his name. Shout out, Travis Nelson. Mm, mm, yeah, shout out, Travis Nelson. Great job by them. And uh, they did lose some. Sunday wasn't nearly as good. It was only 438 entries instead of 448 on oh, Sunday. So Way down, way yeah, down. Had, yeah, had 10 people go home. That moves us to Richmond, Virginia, where the, the uh, 10 Grand Slams were held at Richmond Dragway there. This, uh, this is a long-running event that uh, has great attendance and a uh, very good reputation. Still probably the coolest name for an event in the country. Yeah, yeah, still love it. 10 Grand Slam. And uh, the winners there were Jason Hoff. Got Team the, Vega. Yeah, got the 10 grand win over Nathan Etzler on the first day. And Booty Harris got by Jerry Brewer. Big Brew get the win in the uh, final race there. So a couple of 10 grand winners there for the, the Richmond Dragway attendees at the 10 yeah. grand slam. Congrats to Booty, another This Is Bracket Racing elite member. We'll stay on the East Coast, Jed, and wrap this up for the weekend. NHRA brought the four wide nationals to Charlotte. Much like Vegas, sportsman on the two-lane, two-lane blacktop. That's another retro phrase for later. What stood out to you from Charlotte, Big Jed? Luke, honestly, what I hate to say, what stood out to me the most was the track seemed not optimal. I watched a fair amount of that and kept up with it and it just didn't seem like the track was there for them so it led to some tricky racing but from a results standpoint team jed showed out pretty well luke yeah i saw that i was wondering if you'd bring that up seriously (laughs) you knew i was bringing that up (laughs) okay there might have been just a little sarcasm in that i kind of figured it'd get brought up okay team jed we got steve fur Runner-up in Supergas. That's Team Jed, right? Yeah. Where else? Well, Don O'Neill, Dandy Don, took the win in Top Sportsman. That's right. That is Team Jed. Team Jed got by Team Luke. Yeah, I did score runner-up with Sandy Wilkins, and Sandy's off to a heck of a start, so I'm still liking my Top Sportsman pick, but I think O'Neill's batting 1,000. I believe that was his first time out in 2018 and scored. Is that his first national event victory? I think it Well, I'm not sure about that, but it was his first time out, I believe, this year. So great start by O'Neill, getting Team Jet off to a fast start. And uh, thank you, Fuzz, for getting us a runner-up in Supergas and Luke, not too bad there with Sandy Wilkins. But I guess the big story, Luke, is Bertozzi. Yeah. My goodness. Well, the biggest story to me was, like, I watched him stage Saturday in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a long way from Charlotte. Yes, it is. Uh, He won Superstock at Charlotte. Uh, Him and and Team Antoine, Anthony and LaBoose, were both in deep 
think uh, little John was down to the semis and super comp and Anthony just continues what has been just a, a mean streak to start the 2018 season. We talked about him before. I believe he had walked away with a Wally from every division, every Lucas oil event that he'd been to to date, a couple in super stock plus one in top dragster kept that string going on the national level with another win in Superstock. And at this point, if you look at the Superstock point standings, obviously it's very early. But Justin Lamb, Team Kevin, K-Mac, putting on a show, still not completely convinced that Justin is going to pursue a national championship. He still says he's not. We'll see. But no one outside of those two, like, no one has had a hotter start than Anthony Bertozzi, and he obviously knows how to do it. 17 World Championships can't be wrong. As I've said before, when we redraft this thing in June or July, somehow or another, Anthony was not on one of our three rosters. He will get picked up midseason without question. Yes, he will most definitely, and uh, got the win, Luke, over Brian Warner and for those people that follow Superstock, they know Brian or the Warner family just uh, staples in that category. Yeah, especially always. at Charlotte. They own that place. Yeah, like, always they, coming up big. Yeah. And it, I don't know if you got a chance to look at uh, Brian's box score. Anthony got away with one just a little bit in the final. Uh, Brian turned it, I think, 003 red. But if you looked at his reaction times and everything, he was uh, he was really on his game as usual. And uh, poised to to get the win there, but he he got just a little bit too much. Kicked it red, I guess, is what some people would say when he really did. He just let go of a button. But I was about to say, kicked it red with a trans brake button. Yeah, <laughs> but got there, uh, let go a few thou too early, but uh, another good start for him. And um, then a uh, friend of the podcast uh, got podcast uh, bump, podcast our, bump. Our man Sherman Adcock got the runner up. To the always tough and a guy that's just establishing himself, whatever category he chooses to run, establishing himself as, a, as somebody that's just subject to win. That's Jonathan Anderson. Got the super comp win. We know how dominant he has been in super street competition. And now uh, got the super comp dragster out there getting the win over Sherman. That was a pretty tight race as well. So some of our friends getting them, getting final round appearances here was a good thing. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. You're going to go all the way through Charlotte and not talk about the guy that won Stock Limited. We're saving it, right? We, we, there's a little bit of production involved here. This <laughs> leads us into, Big Jed, this week's Seabird Performance. Who's hot in the world of drag racing? You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabird Performance Who's Hot. New for 2018, Pro Series billet carburetors are available from Seabird Performance. These carbs feature high-flow billet main bodies, base plates, and billet metering blocks. They are hard anodized for a corrosion-resistant finish, and they're beautiful. Available in 750 CFM and larger, and they come with a hard carrying case. Custom calibrated for each individual customer. Be sure to check them out on Facebook or call 785-286-6813. So, Luke, you teased it a little bit. Our Seabird Performance Who's Hot this week comes from... Uh, the event there at Charlotte. Yeah, it comes from Stock Eliminator. Comes from Team Fletchburg Racing. It's Thomas Fletcher. <laughs> Obviously, uh, 
oldest son of Dan, a 100-plus time national event winner. Thomas Fletcher had a good week last week. He won Stock Eliminator at Virginia Motorsports Park at the Division One event and just carried that role right on through Charlotte to hoist the national event, Wally. I believe both wins were in the peak Copo Camaro, and we talked a little bit about the Superstock point standings. I don't think anybody's just shown out in stock yet, Big Jed. Thomas Fletcher has definitely thrown his name into the ring as a potential candidate for the 2018 Stock Eliminator World Championship and a chance to join his dad as a NHRA World Champion. So kudos to Thomas. Uh, what is what was that? 13 or 14 straight round wins. Impressive in any category. Really difficult to do in Stock Eliminator on that stage. So kudos to him. And he is this week's Seber Performance. Who's hot? I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. All right, guys. Those of you who have been keeping up with the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular, those guys are going May the 18th through the 20th to the new Summit Sportsman Spectacular program at Keystone Raceway Park in New Alexandria, Pennsylvania, in the Pittsburgh area. This event will provide something for everyone, guys. It's got an Ironman. It's got big checks for the winners. There's round prizes. The main event will be 10K to win on Saturday, while Sunday will pay $5,000 to win. Both races allow electronics. The no-box entries will be kept separate until one remains, and that racer will be put back into the program in the following round of box. But that racer will also receive a $1,000 bonus on Saturday and a $500 bonus on Sunday in those respective races. Uh, If that racer is an IHRA Summit Sportsman Series member, they receive another bonus of $500. So, You can pre-enter. Again, it's only $150 for the Keystone event, and that will run until May the 7th. Pre-enter now at IHRA.com. What drives you as a racer? Personally, I've had a blast for more than 20 years challenging myself to see how good I can become. And it's an ongoing pursuit that I can only assume will never end. This is Bracket Racing Elite is a unique membership community filled with racers just like you and me that share that same goal. And within the community, we push each other in an effort to find the answer to that very question. How good can I be? And to expand the potential answers to that question. How do we do that? Through constant challenges introspection, interaction, and instruction. I know that that was a lot of I words. Kevin Brandon and I combined to host this group. This is Bracket Racing Elite. Members of the group have direct access to us and get exclusive access to the trainings that we provide on a weekly basis. But Elite is much more than just Kevin and I. It is an incredible group of growth-minded racers who not only challenge themselves, but also challenge and encourage one another. If you're 
are genuinely interested in seeing just how good you can become within our segment of this great sport, I'm confident that This Is Bracket Racing Elite can help you not only realize your potential, but expand it. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com. Okay, it's been a couple of weeks now. Actually, I think it's probably been about a month ago now. Yeah. We put you guys, our listeners, to the test. And uh, we wanted some input. We wanted some feedback on some good retro racing phrases. And you guys came through in droves. Like, this might have been the most popular social media post that we'd ever made. <laughs> so we didn't get to it immediately, partially because we were uh, we were having so much fun with the NCAA tournament. And then things got busy. We had a Powerball winner. We had a Sprinkling Million winner. Shows were long as it was, and we wanted to give this its due time. But... Big Jed, this is some fun stuff. I think when as I look through these things, there's two things that really jump out at me here, and I'm not even sure which is funnier. Like the idea that we had originally kind of floated out there was reliving the old phrases and how dumb they sound in retrospect and <laughs> and how it makes us realize that we're all such followers that tend to just repeat whatever we hear without really thinking about it. Or number two, the idea that these retro, quote unquote, retro phrases are still ones that I hear pretty regularly. I almost think that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you love to hear the retro phrases from some of the old school guys. Just shows that sometimes you just don't break those bad habits of things you say. But Luke, as I've stated many times here on the show, I started in 1984, so... These retro phrases to me are like, you know, they're very, very common. Retro can be a very relative term when you actually. (laughs) (laughs) We had a ton of great feedback here. We're going to try to uh, list the listener name with each of these phrases that uh, that come up with it, that shared us with us uh, on our Facebook page. So we'll give a little bit of credit where credit is due here. But the first one that jumped out to me, we had Luke Siebert, engine builder, friend of the podcast, former guest. Current advertiser. How about pop-up pistons, Big Jed? Got oh, you yeah. some pop-up pistons in Big Red? Yeah, got the nod on them pistons. I love it. <laughs> love <laughs> pop-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Our good buddy Brad Plord come up with it's punched out 60. Yeah, and you've heard that thousands of times, especially back in the day. Yeah, forget the idea that it's wore out and we had to make it 60 over to, to clean it up. It's just, it's punch 60. Like, that's a good thing. Another one from Luke Siebert. How about slapper bars? Now, I kind of took offense to this because, like, oh. I think slapper bars are still the thing, right? Well, I think they call them something else. No, but... man, I don't. Listen, you got your four link and you got your ladder bar, right? But yeah. For those of you starting off with like a leaf spring suspended car, if you got the bar that bolts to the bottom of the rear end housing, you know, around the leaf spring with the, that runs up and it's got the little rubber snubber that comes up and hits the eyelet of the leaf spring, that's a slapper bar. What else do you call that? <laughs> well, like I say, I, I'm not sure that term is really what they use anymore, but it technically is a slapper bar. So yeah, yeah, you can't afford cow tracks. You get an old set of slapper bars. Like, I remember that my old Nova had a set of slapper bars on it, and by golly, we tweaked on them. You know what I mean? Like, we cut the snubber down. We extended it so it got right up to the eyelet. There was a science to the slapper bar. (laughs) And I know there's people out there competing now with a slapper bar. I'm going to take offense to that. Oh, I agree. I think you're you're dead on with that one. How about our buddy David Hearn? 
coming up with balanced and blueprinted. Now, <laughs> Lord knows how many times have you heard, man, yeah, that motor's balanced and blueprinted. I okay. Think, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm not an engine expert by any means, but I think the balance part is necessary. <laughs> it is a requirement. Yes. And that's uh, it's done at every machine shop in the country or in the world. <laughs> and the blueprinted, I mean, people like to think way back when that, you know, that would make your car faster or better or whatever. But all that did, all that means is that you wrote down the, the specs or the, the tolerances or whatever you did to it. So blueprinted really wasn't that big a deal. I'm thinking They're all blueprinted now. Proper bearings. Put some clay on top of there. Make sure it don't run into the valves. Like that's really all you need, right? That's <laughs> pretty much. That's I mean, if you, yeah, I'm I'm cool with writing it down, but I don't know that you need a blueprint per se. <laughs> yeah. What about Richard Newberry coming through with us with the pink rods? Do you ever have a set of pink rods? I never had pink rods, but I knew the the hitters. You know, the people that were real <laughs> serious had pink rods, and and I really always thought they were pink rods. You know, when I was hearing that as a, at a young age, I didn't know they they looked like every other rod. I won't even pretend to tell you that I know exactly what a pink rod is. I assume that came from Ed Pink somewhere down the line. I may be wrong, but I do know that in my dad's Vega when I was like eleven or twelve. When we really upgraded and we built a good motor, it had a set of them pink rods in it. We was proud of them pink rods, Big Jed. Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> you, you had to be proud of pink rods. That's something you wanted to tell somebody if you had them in your engine. And what about Steve Cisco? We've talked about this a little bit already on the show, but it said, uh, I would have had a better ET, but I had a bad light. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a retro phrase so much as a still out there, somewhat ignorant, well, very ignorant <laughs> yeah. phrase. Yeah, like, I, man, I, man, my car ran off, but I was 60, so but I had a better light. I'm sure to match the dial in. Yeah, it's a I, common misunderstanding of how the timing <laughs> system works. <laughs> I actually have some good, I, I've shared some C Steve Cisco stories in the past, and I know at least. Cisco is at least an occasional listener of the podcast, so I'm sure he will remember this night. But I remember sitting in the tower at Farmington Dragway with a big group of racers. I, I want to say we're playing poker or something along those lines. And Cisco had won the race that day. And his final round opponent, who I won't mention by name because I don't think the story makes him look real good. <laughs> Cisco was the slower car in the final and crossed the finish line first. Uh, and won the round and it was obvious that his opponent had pumped the throttle a couple of times obviously failed to cross the finish line first you know but cisco did his thing he won so we're up here in the tower after the fact and his opponent is telling everybody man i cannot believe i screwed that up i give it back in the final i give it back i give it back i give it back and uh, so we're having fun with them, you know, and uh, Cisco's like, well, you didn't really give it back. Like, you just never got there. No, <laughs> no, I gave it back. I, I, I was ahead and I got back behind. And now it's a point of contention and that most everybody is either doesn't understand what we're talking about or wanting to stay out of it or not wanting to make this guy feel like a dummy because he just lost the final. But me and Cisco <laughs> are on it and we're like, listen, man. You, you, you were the faster car. You crossed the finish line at more mile an hour. Like you might have been able to get there first had you not pumped the throttle, but you didn't give it back. <laughs> and he adamantly, no, I was ahead 
And then I ripped the throttle and I got back behind. We're like, no, it, it didn't really work that <laughs> way, you know? And, it, and, uh, and so the, anyway, him and Cisco argued back and forth about this for like five minutes. And I got to the point I was sick of hearing it. So I stopped the conversation by saying, hey, I looked at the, the racer in question. Did you turn off the track first? He looked at me like I was an idiot. And he goes, well, I, I said, I'm just trying to establish whether or not you were in front at any point on the racing surface. Because it was not before the finish line. <laughs> anyway. Some people just don't get it, Luke. Neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> My retro story from maybe a decade ago. It's as retro as I get. <laughs> yeah, those, well, that's a good story because that is, again, a common misunderstanding. But what about John Mazio? We got a lot of, uh, of input from Mazio here. I think it's Mazio. Mazio. Yeah, lots okay. of good ones from John. I uh, like it. <laughs> I still use this. <laughs> <laughs> Welded him on the tree. Welded him on. That, that reminds me of uh, one time, pretty sure it was Bones, and he was running Howard Day in foot break. At, at a race in Huntsville many, many years ago. And Howard, he wore his helmet from the time he got to the staging lanes to the time he went down the track. And helmet was on. If he was in the staging lanes, Nate, so he called him Helmet Head. He come up to me and said, I got Helmet Head, and I'm about to get welded. And he was absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> helmet Head destroyed him. This isn't the same helmet head that I forget who even told me the story, but like went to the urinal at Bailiton and looked over next to him as a man wearing a helmet standing in the urinal beside him. Would that have been the same man? <laughs> Could have very well Could been. Have very well been. <laughs> <laughs> Could have. Uh, Tammy Eggleston came in with, uh, I like Colin Dragster's rails or diggers. I don't know if I should admit this, but at my home track. Coming up in their left lane, it's a rail out of Herod, Illinois. We get that a lot, so we, we, it's all rail. I don't, I don't get diggers so much, but lots of rails. Lots oh yeah, it's at I fifty-seven. Love them when they call them rail jobs. <laughs> rail jobs. <laughs> I don't even know if that's politically correct for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, another one from Luke Siebert, sandbagging. You ever been accused of sandbagging, Big Jed? Now, see, I love that. I love the sandbagging. That was a, you know, it didn't matter if you put the brakes on at all. It didn't matter if you were dialed five faster than you could run. <laughs> if you got the opportunity to put the brakes on way back in the eighties, you were a sandbagger. If you could put your brakes on and still win, get there first, you were sandbagging. So I That's love sandbagging. I, I think you've been accused of being called a sand or yeah, being, I'm go being way, a sandbagger. Uh, yeah, we're going to go way off in the weeds here. I've got a great story that I teased like four weeks ago. So we're going to get to that. Did you ever have one of the shirts that said sandbagger? I did not have a sandbagger shirt. I think it shirt. was like a Norwalk thing. I think I, I come away from Norwalk one year and I had to have one because everybody had them. And I believe, I may be wrong, but I don't even think it was a shirt like designed for drag racing. But it said sandbagger real big and you had to wear it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so the story that I teased, I shouldn't even, like, give the facility name. You know, it's probably best that you don't. Okay, so I'm at Small Track USA. With <laughs> yeah, tiny. It's, uh, yeah, it's not even a full eighth mile. And we're racing, uh, get there late, like, they gave me a time run, Super Pro and Foot Brake got a time run in both classes. And I believe it was on, nah, maybe it wasn't my time run, maybe it was first round of Foot Brake. I run Super Pro, it does fine. In Foot Brake... 
I guess not leaving against trans brake, leaving at lower RPM doesn't load the tire enough. Like it absolutely blows the tires off. I mean, think radials on a stocker blow the tires off in my Vega that has never done that in its life. Well, thankfully I have the fastest foot brake car there. So I think, well, it's not that big a deal. I'll just hold a little bit. That's what I call it. I call it hold. I yeah. call it same so much it's a little bit more politically correct term a bit more acceptable term so this goes on for a couple rounds now keep in mind it's not a full eight miles so my vega that normally runs like 620s i'm i think i went like 568 on my time so somewhere in that range <laughs> so i get a you know a seven second car i dial six flat make sure it'll hook roll them through hopefully i have the light whatever i went a couple rounds like that and uh, i roll up for whatever it is fourth round or so and, and i got a street car and I thought, ooh, you know, it's, it's probably easier at this point. You know, he's dialed nine something. Like, it's probably easier to dial, like, eight flat than it is six flat. You know what I mean? Just catch them early, roll them through, get down to their speed. You, you know the, the idea behind it. Sure. So, uh, so I do. And lo- as luck have it, I, I get them on the tree, and I roll them through, and I win. Cool. So uh, the next round of Super Pro, I think I get beaten Super Pro driving up for the next round of foot brake through the pits. And I would say I was on a road, but if I remember correctly, this facility didn't actually have like a road through the pits. It was just one big field. And I'm cruising up there and I get stopped by a golf cart. <clears throat> like pulls right in my tracks. Whoa. And the guy's smiling. Like, I don't think I'm about to get in a fight and I don't know what anybody'd be mad about anyway. So I stop. What's going on? Guy hops off the golf cart, introduces himself. He is the track manager or owner. I don't know. Hey man, Thank you for coming. I know you don't know the rules, but you can't do that here. <laughs> I'm clueless as to what he's talking about. I said, sir, I do what? No sandbagging. It's right on our rules. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm just completely taken aback. So, well, sir, I, I didn't I didn't know the rule. Like, am I out? Oh no, no, no. You just can't do it again. Okay. I'm a little confused. What do I need to do going forward? You can't dial that. I said, okay. What do I need to dial? We dial what you can run. <laughs> I said, well, sir, in all honesty, that's the issue. I have no idea what I can run. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And uh, he says, no, no, you got to you got to dial what you can run. I don't know what I can run. You got to dial within two tenths. Okay. Within two tenths of what? Within two tenths, what you just run, and I'm like, well, I just dialed eight flat when eight oh three. So I, I said, I, I within two tenths eight oh three. No, you cannot dial that. Okay. What do I need to dial within two tenths of what you can run? I said, I don't know what I can run, sir. I'm I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, you know. Well, he goes up to the tower and produces a set of run sheets and comes down to me and, and says, you cannot dial slower than six twenty four. And I actually look back over my tickets like at the end of the night to try to figure out where he came up with the number 624 and how it related to two-tenths of anything. I never got there. But that was the number <laughs> 624. And I said, okay, well, do I need to write that on the window or are you just going to dial me that every time? I No, no, you write it on there. You can pick your own dial in. I said, well, sir, obviously I cannot. 624 is good. Yeah, yeah, no slower than 624. Okay. So I went a couple rounds, dialed 624. Now, keep in mind, you cannot sandbag. I can dial 624. And I went 560-something on my time trial. Okay? You can't sandbag. So 
as it plays out, I get down to like four cars, and I've got the one other car there that's halfway fast. I want to say he's dialed like 611. And I hop out of the car. Same manager, owner, is up there, and I said, hey, can I change my dial in? And he gets all bowed up. Son, I told you, you cannot dial slower than 624. I said, but I can dial faster. Yeah. So I wiped it off and dialed 597 and just watched his jaw hit the... <laughs> The staging lanes. Now, I wish it had a better ending to the story, Big Jed. That dude that was dialed 611 cracked me in the semis. But that is my sandbagging story. So I can't say that I've been disqualified for sandbagging, but I have been heavily reprimanded. For <laughs> what a sandbagger. And you dialed it down like 27. So that just broke every rule also. <laughs> right, that's true. I was no longer dialed in. So, yeah, Cheater I, I, and a sandbagger. <laughs> Rob Fisher here had an interesting, I don't know that this is so retro. (laughs) Still hear this today, but ah, what the heck, Luke? I mean, my 12 year old's in the room with me, but what the heck? I ran it balls out, what Rob Fisher says. So, I mean, I ain't real sure (laughs) how hard that's running it. But it sounds like it is really getting after it. <laughs> you are uh, you throwing out a lot of iffy phrases on the podcast. Here. We might we might need to deem this one uh, sensitive content. Be yeah. careful. Might have to label it. Uh, another one from John Mazio. Its tongue was hanging out at the thousand foot mark. Hmm. Boy, well, if those two ruins happen at the same time, this is bad. We we. Really <laughs> We'll have to do something. John Mazio also said the bleach box, which I love. I love the bleach box. I mean, that is old school. That's that's 60s stuff, pouring the bleach in there. How about another one from Luke Siebert? Got that Corvette engine. Got her tuned up. Got Corvette engine in there. Yeah, Yeah, you got a Corvette engine. You were serious. You was getting after it. Now, Larry Cummings, and I assume this is the Larry Cummings of the the Cummings clan, the Bayou Boys. I only know one Larry Cummings. And this is a retro phrase that I loved and had no idea what it meant back then, but I knew you had to have one. <laughs> if you wanted a stall converter, you had to get what, Luke? A well, Vega converter. Well, you went to a Vega converter. That's right. That's right. You had to get the Vega converter. Obviously, in retrospect, it makes sense. Vega converter was made for a V6 Vega. Put it behind a 350. It's going to be a little looser. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you need, right? right? Now, I mean, put those two together, Big Jed. What if you had a Corvette engine with a Vega converter behind it? <laughs> you tear up the bleach box. I assure you, you, you could get the bleach box smoking real good. Yeah, just be but, careful not to get your tongue hanging out. But for, <laughs> but for those of you that don't really realize this era where that stuff was being said, I mean, if you were foot breaking back then or running street class what called it my track you left the starting line at like 1700 rpms you were i mean if you could get anything around 2000 you were stalled up (laughs) you know and the car was trying to raise up it was getting taller as you stalling it up the car gets really tall (laughs) so that was how it was back in the day so if you get that thing 1800 2000 it was leaving hard it would have some well, we didn't even have 60-foot timers. We don't know what I had. But. And keep in mind, too, the concept of a stall converter in that day and age was a little bit confusing because there was such a thing as stall headers. Like, stall was a manufacturer. A, 
Right. But Stahl wasn't the manufacturer of the converter. That was just the type of converter that you wanted. Yes. Yeah, the Vega converter. You had to have it. Very confusing. You know, I know this is a little off subject, but when you when we really stepped up around here in the early 90s, we got us a Boss Hog. A Boss Hog converter. That was getting after it. That was, was, that, was that a manufacturer? The Boss Hog. It was made right here in Birmingham. I oh, think. nice. We just went downtown and got them. Boss Hog. <laughs> You had a boss hog converter. You was you was the stuff from the boss hog himself. <laughs> Anthony Hurst said it's got the double hump Chevy heads on it. You know the Camelback, the double hump. You had to have double humps. We knew that, and you was really serious if you get the two o two valves in them. If you get some two o two double humps, you were going fast. You're probably gonna go some eight eighty threes or something. Yeah, I remember something along that lineage. I uh, Man, I'm just telling you, you put together a combination with a set of pop-up pistons connected to your pink rods and then throw a set of double hump heads on top. Woo! Yes. Yes, you, you had something that would roll. <laughs> How about Greg Bunch? It had a 350 in it, and it'd jump over a Coke bottle on the street. Jump in the Coke bottle. I remember that. <laughs> no one there was nothing that'd pull the tires up, but somehow it looked like it was jumping a Coke bottle. It might have jumped a Coke bottle cap. <laughs> yeah. Probably not a Coke bottle. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> what about the next one? About this name? This, this, is, uh, this is one of my favorite. This is from uh, Rodney LaRoque. I believe he goes by Big Rod Len LaRoque on uh, <laughs> on Facebook, but I know him as Rodney. Uh, I bought pizza cutters on the front of that thing, Big Jed. Oh, them pizza cutters, yeah. You get the skinnies on it, and you, <laughs> you were getting really fast. Well, of course, That's, you know, heck, the front tires probably weighed 37 pounds a piece. So when you got the pizza cutters, you picked up a tenth. That's straight out of Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey, isn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> I wish I could remember the whole line. It's like, yeah, my old Chevelle got four on the floor, got some pizza cutters on the front. Yeah, something, something along those lines. <laughs> Go back, kids, if you've never heard of Dazed and Confused. Well, <laughs> kids don't watch Dazed and Confused, but if you're a little bit older, no. uh, you get a kick out of that one. Uh, how about Matt? <laughs> I don't, I, this one's lost on me, Big Jet. I hope you can shed some light on it. Matt Ebaugh, got to have them G60s. I... <laughs> You know, I was looking at that when I was going over the show, and I'm assuming it's like the the tire width or, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, Mark's okay, so Mark, yeah, yeah so there series. we go. Yeah, gotcha. series tires. I was, you know, we <laughs> back in the day, we wanted to get the 50s, but you had it, <laughs> Mark says, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get the 60s, you were getting, you were getting hooked up, but... Yeah, so that that one's a that one's a little out there. I do not. My buddy Head Games, Mikey Walters, Mark, you're gonna have to put some notes in here. Luke, maybe you know, but snowflake heads. I don't know what snowflake heads are, but I'll say Mark says GM big block heads. Okay. Okay. So okay. I never have big block stuff. I've always been a small block guy, so I didn't know that. I don't really know where the snowflake reference comes, but we may add something in later. Harry T. Garland come up with and we talked about this when we first rolled out the idea of the old 90 10 shocks on the front or the or the 50 50s on the back oh yeah yeah you had to have the 90 10s if you wanted to get that frame up and keep it up it was uh definitely something that, that had to happen for you to be uh be getting hooked up on the racetrack yeah i'll take exception to that one too because i believe that we had a set of those triple adjustable 90 10s on our stock eliminator car like 
eight years ago. So that might not have been the <laughs> trickiest technology available, but uh, that is what we had, at least at, at one point. I had a little bit of clarification from producer Mark. The, the snowflake heads, GM big block heads, the casting mark had some type of, uh, of snowflake cast into them as an identification. So there you ah, go, snowflake okay. heads. What about Scott Creed? Creed Daddy, my man. Dual feed, double pumper. Yes, had to have the double pumper. That was definitely something everybody was after. Yeah, I uh, mean, I've, I've had a double pumper for, I'd say, going on 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, but I can remember the days when, you know, you, all you had was a quadrajet that you'd put on it. Then you From might that, find you have, a double pumper was a significant step up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, even a vacuum secondary. If you could find you a vacuum secondary carburetor. But if you get dual lines, if you had two lines going to your carburetor, I mean, people would walk across the pits just to see it when you pop the hood. They wanted to see what was going on. That was <laughs> that. This thing has a double pumper on it. Stand back, boys. It's about to get after it right here. So, about David Batchelor. A lot of older guys at the racetrack call it the drags. He says he, he says he still says it sometimes, but the drags. Now, that's that's going way back when you're going to the drags. Going uh, out to the drags. You remember the, I think, I, I was a kid, so I think it was a Ronald Reagan campaign, like just the say no to drugs. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I remember it well. Well, my at the time, we were, I was born long time listeners will know some people may not be aware i was actually born in southern california and our home track for a couple of years was now defunct la county raceway and they had a bumper sticker that said say yes to drags right drag mm-hmm. so i remember that being on like the refrigerator in the shop you guys all have a refrigerator in the shop that like collects racing stickers right still have one mm-hmm. um Sure, sure. That may be a retro thing, too. Uh, But it said, say yes to drags. And keep in mind, I'm like six years old, kind of learning to read. And I remember reading that. I was by myself in the shop for whatever reason and just bawling my eyes out because like my daddy says yes to drugs. You're supposed to say no to drugs. And then I realized it said drags. And I'm like, oh, the races. That's cool. Okay. I digress. Uh, Richard Thomas, 716th dimple rods. You ever have a set of dimple rods, Big Jeff? I did not have any dimple rods. We couldn't afford good stuff like that. We <laughs> we went to the junkyard and got our rods. <laughs> what about we talked about that that 350 or that Corvette engine? What about mm. when you upgrade that? I got me a 383 Stroker in there now, big dog. Yeah, you had 383 Stroker. You you were stepping your game up significantly. You know nobody really understood what that meant way back in the day. But when the, when the 383 started coming out, all we knew was they were way faster. Than the 350, and you, which meant you had to have it. I'm going to take an exception to that, too, because what's always been in the Vega Big Jet since I've owned it was basically a junkyard 350 with a set of Brodix heads. And now with the Vega Resurrection in place, I've added probably 300 pounds to it by the time it's said and done. And I thought, well, I'd like to make it run about the same thing. So I've stroked it. Mm. I've got, I got two of them little 350s there. Thanks to Vic and my boys at K1. They're about to be 383s. I, I, I'm going to stroke her out myself, and I, I, maybe I'm not supposed to say I, I got a stroker in her. <laughs> well, if you added 300 pounds, you're going to need it, my friend. And then uh, three. Uh, three is going to help you a lot. <laughs> Corey, Corey Alvey. Alvey. Dial tight and cut a light. Yeah. No, that's, that was, I mean, that, 
know what I'm after today. Is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, no, I was going to say that's a, that's a strategy that is uh, timeless. That that strategy will uh, will live on forever. But, uh, you know, way back in the day, we, you didn't know if we were dialing tight or not. But we made seven time trials. <laughs> then you dial it two or three faster than the fastest pass that it ran. And, you know, you just hope for the best. So along those lines. lines. I remember watching, you remember old, uh, was it NHRA Today? Is that what it was called? Uh, on, on the Nashville Network. And yeah. uh, Bob Fry always did the sportsman feature. And he did this like how-to. And it's how to select a dial-in for handicap start racing, right? Hmm. And his advice at the time was you just take all your time runs and, and average them. And that's a good dial-in. And my dad and I looked at me and said, he's crazy. You're going to break out. If you break out, you lose. Like, you got to take the fastest one. Die a little quicker than that. Because if you go over, man, you can't win breaking out. Out tight and cut a light. That's a very good point. Your dad was a smart man. <laughs> uh, Keith Rittenberry. Now, this one is, again, one that everybody loves to hear. Three-quarter cam. You know, us hardcore racers have made fun of the three-quarter cam talk for years and years and years like you know you have to have the whole thing in there to make it run but <laughs> whatever that was whatever that meant three-quarter cam was when you had that that thing cut up i mean you could you could hear it you could tell it was really really sounding good with a three-quarter cam in it let's go back to it man if it runs that good on three-quarter cam what would that baby do with a full race <laughs> Get your full race. Put it all in there. Yeah, that's right. But Danny Rosenthal, back when we had the Firestone slicks, how about burning up a set of stones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) the Firestones, that was a classic slick. You saw that on all the hot rods, all the stockers and super stockers back in the day. Yeah, when you would burn up a set of stones, you you were the man or the woman. This Whatever. might still be a thing because I've been on Mickey's for so long. I don't even know what you call anything else. But I remember referring to Goodyear's as good boots. You ever had some good boots? <laughs> Never had any, a set of good boots. <laughs> <laughs> John Woodruff come through with moose juice. What is moose juice, Big Jed? Oh, that is a good question. I do not know <laughs> what moose juice is unless it's something that you put on your tires. Uh, here comes Mark oh, again. Oh, okay. Oh, he's he's drawing a blank too. He's got us all stumped oh, here. Yeah, Mark. yeah. No, I could see that. Like the, were you ever in charge? I'm sure you were, because your racing goes back long enough. Like, were you ever the kid with the Dawn bottle full of VHT? No, no, we oh. never did any of that. Really? Oh no, that was the thing where where I was coming up. There was actually just one track for whatever reason that we I, I, maybe it was the rule like you supplied your own traction compound. But I remember being so fired up that after the burnout, I got to run out on a racetrack and squirt a little bit of Dawn in front of my dad's tires. Little did I know that was not Dawn. <laughs> Don't get it on your hands. Uh, but yeah, that was good stuff. No, I was in charge of the water buckets. Uh, after every run, Dad had uh, T. Yeah. He had T handles welded to the clamp, so we'd knock the hoses off, and I would go get the water uh, full, get get the wagon, fill the water buckets up, and come back. So the last here, I added this in on my on my own, Big Jed, because I don't know that I've seen this in like two decades, but I bet I've seen twenty cars in my day that somewhere along the deck lid or the back spoiler bumper or something were the words sucking gas and hauling bleep, bleep, bleep. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. His bumper stickers were classic. You see those; those made movies and everything else. But uh, that term was definitely uh, a retro term that has since kind of gone by the wayside. But that was a good submission well, by you. Most, I mean, a lot of the today's bracket cars are on alcohol, so it's not so applicable. Yeah, that's true. Not much rhymes with alcohol, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you how you can fix that. But I remember drawing like I was in. I, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but I can tell you that I was in fifth grade and drawing, you know, race cars because that's what you do, right? Yeah. Um, so drawing up race cars and lettering that like on the back quarter panel or on the back deck or something like that. And one of my classmates going, man, you think you come up with that? That's been on my daddy's car for 10 years. <laughs> like they came up with it. I'm like, oh, man, I saw it on the car. I thought it was cool. I thought I was being new and fresh. <laughs> I don't know where the list come from. Where I know Mark said he put it together off the Facebook page. I don't know if he put all of them in there, but I was surprised I didn't see rat motor. Or mouse motor. That was, mm-hmm. is that a rat motor or a mouse motor? That was very common. If somebody didn't have the hood pops, you wanted to know if it was rat, <laughs> if it's a big block or a small block. Mighty mouse. Yeah. Rat poison. That was good stuff. How about those retro phrases? I like that a lot. Like, that was a good time. <laughs> that was good. Hopefully, we did that some justice. Listeners, if you've got more that we left out, bring them to our attention. Maybe we'll bring that back up. We had some fun with that. We could do that again. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right, so Luke, this is the time of the show where we like to talk about what's on tap, what's coming up for the sportsman drag racer out there, and that's a pretty good uh, list of events that uh, people have to choose from. First on the list to talk about is the Spring Fling at Galat Motorsports Park in Benson, North Carolina. The guys just finished up the Spring Fling Million. They've come all the way back to the East Coast, east side of North Carolina, and they are going to have the Spring Fling Galat. And um, we were not going to be able to make it, but fortunately now JJ and I are going to get to make it over to Galat and partake in the Spring Fling. So we're really excited about that. It's going to be a great time and just looking forward to seeing all the, the folks out there on what appears to be a beautiful week coming up at Galat Motorsports Park. Big Jed making a cameo appearance. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a good time. Have Big Red and Toe. Going to be working the mic. Going to be all over it. Yep. Yep. It's going to be the normal deal. So we're going to do a little racing, a little announcing, and hopefully uh, keep the, the wheelies very calm. We're not looking to repeat from last year for sure. It's going to be Air's going to be good out there, Big Jed. Air's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be hot, Luke. It's actually going to be 91 degrees Whoa. in North Carolina uh, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which one, but it's going to be warm every day. But it's going to get in the 90s. Wow, didn't see Not that coming. Good. Okay. Obviously, Spring Fling a lot highlights this weekend's activities, but this weekend is also super NHRA heavy. Got the Southern Nationals in Atlanta, plus the folks up in Division Three, my neck of the woods, and out west in Division Six kick off their points earning seasons at Columbus in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Boise, Idaho, respectively. So lots of NHRA stuff to talk about next week as well. Yeah, and obviously got the Southern Nationals coming up at uh, Commerce, or Atlanta Dragway. They call it Atlanta, but it's about 70 miles the other side of Atlanta. Not, never have figured that one out, but 
guess from the department of redundancy department yes. <laughs> yes and bracket scene outside of galat there's like five granders everywhere mark had like a laundry list of events that i was like we can't even there's no way we'll cover all of these next week so let's not tease them but there was a lot of kind of regional five granders the one bigger event that stood out to me was uh, will carroll and the gang at ardmore they host the windmill nationals this weekend which i believe is two ten granders plus like a twenty thousand dollar to win 64 car shootout or something along those lines so i'm sure that we will touch on that next week as well yeah be a lot to talk about as always and uh, we'll do the best to cover the winners um and let you know who's doing what in the world of sportsman drag racing this week but luke uh that wraps us up that's gonna bring this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast to a close Really good time there with the retro phrases. JJ's top 10 was um, a little bit of a different style of show, so we had a great time with it. We want to say thanks to our lead correspondent. Looking at him right now, he's already playing video games on his phone, just having a good time over there, and that is one JJ Pennington. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Just give me a thumbs up. I want to say thanks to our great sponsors, uh, Seabird Performance. Uh, the folks at the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. And Luke, this is your time right here. That's right. It's shout-out time. I don't I don't have a lot of good ones this week. Shout-out to, uh, to JJ, obviously, our lead and only correspondent of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Shout-out to Mark, always doing his thing behind the scenes, producer Mark. Shout-out to PJ mm. North, always providing us with the uh, all the music that you hear on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Shout-out to Travis Nelson. Got that out of the way earlier. Sorry, Travis, for that <laughs> mix-up in uh, October. You're back in our good graces. Hopefully, we're back in yours. Shout out to Rodney LaRoque, my big, my old buddy, Big Rod. And uh, shout out to, let's just say, the track manager at Small Track USA. Yeah, shout out to all sandbaggers. And um, <laughs> by the way, PJ North, freshly married to uh, Amanda Maggart, now Amanda Fouts. So, congratulations to PJ and Amanda for their uh, wedding that they just had. And um, looking forward to seeing uh, how that works out for them i know it's going to be a wonderful life for the two of you guys so great job and congratulations and racers listeners whomever be sure to tell us what you think about the sportsman drag racing podcast you can message us on our facebook page or you can at us on twitter luke is at luke bogacki b-o-g-a-c-k-i and i am at jp11x whatever you think about the show good or bad let us know whether it be on our Facebook page or on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. So keep those uh, comments and thoughts coming. And that's going to close us out. And we will uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Shout out Cole Castile. Shout out Crosby, North Dakota. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. 
led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100-plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.